Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to this podcast. Continue to share it with a lot of your friends. The numbers the last few weeks just continue to go up, which is really cool for me to see. Larry Kraskoviak sharing some of those NBA stories was really popular a few weeks ago. Tad Boyle, the head basketball coach at Colorado. Buffs fans really been checking in on that show, which was pretty cool to see. And then Corey Close and Steve Lavin last week talking about the legacy of John Wooden and some of the experiences they had with him. But today's episode is is unique. It's a little different than what I normally do. It combines two of my passions, which is sports and wine. And for those of you who don't know, I tend to head up to Napa and Sonoma on some off days to get some prep done for the football season and basketball seasons now. And I do a lot of reading up there and, and obviously check out a lot of the different wineries. So today's guest, I think, is is really the perfect intersection between two of my favorite things in wine and sports. And if you're looking for a holiday gift, I think there's nothing better than to give a bottle of wine. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Chris Paul is probably the uh the biggest uh, fan of wine. You can tell he really just loves it and is passionate about it. The first time Chris and I were drinking a glass of his wine at his, uh, his uh, fundraiser that he does in, in Vegas um, each year, he, um, you can just tell that there was that extra passion around the, uh, the wine in the glass. But it is really one of those things where all of these guys, when their names on something like it's special to them and they, and it needs to be, you know? And so I, but I would say from a, just a pure wine knowledge standpoint, um, he's definitely up there. This is the Give Me a Sense podcast. Here's Mike Yale. End of message. Oh, it's always exciting to talk about the sports world, the sports industry, and get stories from a lot of the athletes and coaches and broadcasters who have been on the show over the the course of the last few months. And always appreciate you subscribing to the podcast, not to mention uh, the feedback on Facebook, Mike Yam, or on Twitter, at Mike underscore Yam. But our next guest today on the show, I'm really excited to talk with him. We met months ago at AT AT&T Park at at an event. Um, I was emceeing it, and John Elway was on the panel. And I noticed when I was walking around the room that there were wine bottles and they had, you know, basically John Elway's signature on it. And it it was sort of not just, you know, a Sharpie on the label, but it was it was really like John Elway's wines. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what? I didn't realize that John Elway was part of this winery and what what the deal was. Turns out I ended up meeting the CEO and the founder. Jay Cloberdance is with us and he is the CEO and founder of One Hope Wine. And you can check out their website, onehopewine.com. And it is truly a remarkable story. I, I met with Jake. Jake, you and I, we spoke. I heard your story. And I think within five minutes, I said, hey, I'm starting up this podcast. I want you to come on. I'm thrilled to have you as a guest. So thank you so much for the time. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be on it. Jake, so I I guess we'll just start off by me asking you, what makes One Hope Wine different from all the other wines that are on the market? I think uh, what makes us different is uh, the whole package that we deliver on. We have great wines. Uh, We co-create with Robin Davi Jr., who uh, helps us on the winemaking side. Um, 
wonderful wines from some of the best regions in California, uh, including Sonoma, Napa, the Central Coast. Um, but also with every different varietal uh, that we have, um, every different type of wine, whether it be a Cabernet, a Merlot, a Sparkling, uh, we make a measurable impact. So, for instance, every case of our uh, champagne is funding 25 meals for children fighting hunger, or every bottle of Merlot funds a life-saving vaccine uh, for a child in an underdeveloped wor- uh, nation. And then, um, you know, we have our Pinot for Paws, of course. Every case of our Pinot funds a pet adoption, and on and on. Um, so we have, you know, over 100 products that we sell. Um, about half of them are, are wine and each different uh, product goes towards a different cause, and we work with great charitable partners. So that really differentiates us um, in a major way, in addition to delivering on great wine, great packaging, and having a really wonderful community that we've built around our brand. All right, so many different ways to to take you know your response in terms of the mission and the charities. We're going to get to all that, but I want to rewind for a second because I introduced you as the CEO and the founder of of One Hope Wine. How in the world do you become the guy that runs basically uh, you know a, a, essentially a winery is really what it comes down to, where you, you guys are are sourcing out the grapes. You're working with different vineyards. You mentioned Mondavi, uh, which is sort of like an industry standard. I mean, just a, a huge name in wine. But how do you even get started on a wine company? Yeah, well, my start was probably different than most. Of. A lot of people start into wine is because their family has been in it for decades or centuries. And so a lot of the people you meet who have owned the iconic brands throughout Napa and really the the world um, come from a long lineage of winemaking. I did not. I grew up in the Bay Area uh, in Fremont, California, and uh, found myself at UC Berkeley, where I did play a little bit of sports, um, not nearly as impressive of an athletic career as most of your guests have had, um, but nonetheless uh, did did some sports at uh, Cal and left to start my first job with the largest wine company in the world, Gallo, and um, was very fortunate to get trained uh, on wine and how to market wine and talk about wine and sell wine um, with them because I I really, to this day, believe they're the best um, at it in the entire industry and the industry standard. And um, about uh, a year into working there, um, I had the idea for uh, One Hope um, to create what I, at the time, would refer to as the adult version of Girl Scout cookies, a uh, product where you could buy it year-round and make an impact and help out your local troop and um, and support entrepreneurship and all these great things that went with it. And um, the only problem was that I didn't own a winery and I didn't have a winemaker and I didn't know how to make wine myself. So I um, ultimately uh, did really nothing with that idea until a very good girlfriend of mine um, who lived next door to me all throughout growing up um, uh, called me one day and told me that she had Hodgkin's, uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer, um, so blood cancer. And um, that was really a life-changing moment for me. It was my first time that I had a peer and a close friend of mine go through something like that. And so um, I, I flew home to see her the next day and I told her that um, hey, I've had this great idea and I'm going to start it while you're going through this whole process of the chemo and the radiation and everything, and we're going to keep each other up to date on it. And so um, I went out, I found a winemaker. I uh, I actually, um, the next day, I was 23, just going on 24 at the time, um, got a winemaker to make the first 168 cases of wine, um, 
picked it up in Sonoma, which is where we were making our wine um, in the very beginning, drove it down in a U-Haul truck uh, to Los Angeles and loaded it up in a public storage unit and started selling out of the back of my car with uh, a handful of other people who joined me from Gallo and who are recognized as my co-founders to this day. Wow. How, how do you even get a winemaker to go and produce the wine? Is that something anyone can do? Um, it wasn't as much when I, I went to go do it. Um, I went to a larger winery and I, um, I got introduced uh, through the management team there to their winemaker, David Elliott at the time. Um, who was our first winemaker, and he, um, you know, made great wines like Clos de Bois and Lancaster Estate and uh, other recognizable brands. And um, they were willing to get behind it because they liked the idea. And um, so they, they peeled off, uh, you know, some Chardonnay, some Cabernet, and some Merlot and uh, let me label it up and, and use it. And um, now today they have a pretty big private label program, and they they help other brands who are just getting started, but at the time they didn't have, you know, a private label program. So um, similarly, when we got the opportunity and, and I, I met Michael Mandavi and he ultimately introduced me to his son, Rob Mandavi Jr., the grandson of the great Robert Mandavi, um, he, they believed in our vision too. And by that time we were a little bigger, you know, we were doing about 5,000 cases a year. And they said, you know, if you uh, need help scaling the, the size of your brand and, and the quality of your wine, um, we'd be interested in helping you. And that was such a big moment for us. I mean, I felt at that time like we had arrived, you know. And um, and I think every few years we have a turning point like that where we feel like, okay, now we really arrived. Um, and that was, that was definitely one of them. But both um, our first winemaker and, and that winemaking relationship was necessary to grow to the point where we're at, where we have, um, you know, Rob Mandavi Jr. helping us make wine, um, Tony Coltrane, who's uh, a very famous and respected winemaker, um, has helped Robert Mandavi build his brands and, and Opus One um, on the winemaking side for, uh, you know, many of the years for past decades, um, getting to have those great winemakers uh, work with us on creating our portfolio is, really special when you think about where we came from and just 168 cases private label in a U-Haul truck. Yeah. And look, I mean, you said that there are these moments where you feel like, hey, we've arrived. And I think maybe some of those moments when Chris Paul and Clayton Kershaw and John Elway are associated with One Hope Wine, you got to feel that, like at that point, hey, you've made it. And I want to talk about the athletes in just a second here. But you make reference to these 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 giants in the wine industry. And I am look, I'm into it in the sense that I love heading up to Napa and Sonoma. You and I have talked about wines a little bit. You are far more educated on this subject than I am. But Explain, because I think most people will realize, hey, if it's good wine, we're going to go and drink it. Everyone's palate is a little bit different. But when you mention some of the winemakers that you've worked with and, and sort of the business and how it's gotten off, you can't have success if the wine's not good. So can you give me some context and perspective on on just how how tasty the actual wine is itself? Yeah, definitely. Well, since starting the business, we've won over 100 medals um, from uh, everything from national tasting competitions to uh, local festivals, things like that. Um, I think we have somewhere between 140 and 150 accolades there. Um, we've got n multiple 90-plus point ratings in uh, respected publications, um, such as Wine Enthusiast, Wine Spectator, a tasting panel. And um, it's 
it's really a big part of our success is people will try our wine uh, for the first time because they hear about it at a, you know, a charity event or a famous athlete or musician's event and, um, and they hear the brand and, and they like it. But the reason why they come back and they buy it for a second time or they buy a case is because the wine inside is really good. And so we've always focused on both aspects of it and that we really can't serve the community and make a social impact like we want to and at the scale we want, unless our wine's really exceptional. And so um, we put a, a lot of focus from everything from, you know, the vineyard relationships and what vineyards we're sourcing grapes from and the soils and microclimates and sun and water um, that are the variables that make great grapes. And then we've also put a huge focus on the winemaking side and the details around the barrel regimes that we use and how much oak we use. And, um, and we're really, like I said, fortunate that we have some, some great leaders in the industry that have decided that they want to partner with us and put their name behind our brand and associate it with our brand. So you get these juggernaut people that I had heard about for years and always respected from afar, but never really pictured, um, you know, them being the people making our, our wine and putting their name on the back of our bottle and their signature on it. And, uh, and all for a, a really great and, uh, and meaningful cause on top of it, which is just the icing on the cake. No, the charity is just, like you said, I mean, that's the best way to describe it. Icing on the cake. There's so many great causes. It's not just one. You guys really uh, are, are able to make an impact on a lot of different levels. I brought up John Elway's name, Clayton Kershaw, and Chris Paul. How do you get linked up with athletes at that caliber to put their name on your bottles? Um, well, so Chris Paul and, and Clayton Kershaw are um, are just great examples of um, – our wine making its way into the right events. Those guys are both such, um, you know, class act athletes. Um, outside of being best in class, they're just class act. And so we look for that combination. And what's funny is usually that combination um, is attracted to us as well. Um, they like what we're doing. They um, Certain guys tend to be uh, like wine and, and because it is an art and they're interested in it um, because it is such a uh, – part of a lifestyle and a way of life and um, a lot of good business people find them themselves around wine so there's all these things that tend to attract some of the most um, you know successful business people on top of uh, being the great athletes um, and the, and there is a difference there you know and what I'm really proud of the fact that you know John uh, is not only associated with us and we helped him develop his brand which is his own separate brand called seven sellers um and it's his own label we also have done one hope signature series labels for great athletes like chris paul and clayton kershaw and um the uh the quality of the wine that we get in the bottle and, and associate with their name um does them you know the the respect that they're uh that they deserve as far as anything they put their brand on and so um Getting introduced to those people, I think, has really happened organically. Each of them has happened in its own different way. I'm, I mean, I got introduced to John through Ronnie Lott, who's a, been a, a great business partner and advisor, and I know he's been on the show with you. I listened to, to that podcast. Um, and uh, I got uh, and we got introduced to uh, Chris Paul and, and Clayton Kershaw's team um, through additional uh, introductions. We... Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is also a big partner uh, in One Hope, and, and we're really thankful to have him as an early investor. Um, 
Aaron played at Cal and I, I played football at Cal and so did our chief marketing officer, Brandon Hall. And, um, so that's, that's kind of the way that, um, that connection was made. And I ultimately ended up playing rugby there as my main sport, but Brandon was a, a stud, uh, tight end during the days that Aaron was, uh, that we were lucky enough to have Aaron there for a while. And so, um, all of these connections happen through, you know, personal relationships and because somebody, usually because somebody vouched for us as being good people and, and the right people behind the brand and, you know, your reputation lines up after they hear about this really cool concept that they can have their own wine, um, not have to jump fully into the business and buy their own vineyard and their own winery, but be able to make their own small production wine and serve a really good cause that they care about. And so you see Chris and Clayton all serving uh, their foundation's goals and uh, usually having to do with helping um, kids and children uh, and empowering them a lot. And uh, it's, it's a nice thing to be able to do. Jake, who has of, of the athletes, and you mentioned, I mean, it's a who's who's list of, of guys that, that have been associated with One Hope Wine. Who's, who's got the sophisticated palate? Who's really that, that wine guy? <laughs> oh, man, you're putting me on the spot there, huh? I would actually say Chris Paul is probably the uh, the biggest uh, fan of wine. You can tell he really just loves it and is passionate about it. The first time Chris and I were drinking a glass of his wine at his uh, his uh, fundraiser that he does in in Vegas um, each year, he um, you can just tell that there was that extra passion around the uh, the wine and the glass. But it is really one of those things where all of these guys when their names on something like it's special to them and they, and it needs to be, you know? And so I, but I would say from a, just a pure wine knowledge standpoint, um, he's definitely up there, you know? You, I want to get circle, circle back, Jake, because you make reference to the guys that want to be associated with, with the mission and what you guys are doing from a charity standpoint. I think anyone who's listening right now understands that the wine industry is, is a huge business. I mean, people can make large sums of money, and yet you guys, from a charitable standpoint, are giving so much away. How much, like, is there a percentage that, how, like, an equation that you guys use to figure out, hey, like, what's profit so we can we can continue to manufacture and make sure that this goes out there, not to mention also help? Because the numbers are staggering when I look at the impact that you guys have had when it when it comes to, to cancer, uh, when it comes to, to obviously, uh, pets, not to mention children and feeding them. I mean, the, the numbers are extraordinary. Yep. Um, I, thank you, first of all. Um, I would say that, you know, our our commitment has always been that long-term. Um, as, as a brand, we'll donate half of our profits to partner nonprofits. Um, we really have focused more on the actual impact that we're making rather than the percentage of profits or percentage of revenue or certain dollars amounts because it's really about – what those dollars and those percentages turn into as far as the impact. So one of the big things that we're committed to as a brand is always quantifying that impact so that our supporters and uh, consumers and retailers and partners like, like the people who help make our wine and, uh, and our vineyard partners uh, can understand just the exact impact they're making. So instead of talking about how many millions of dollars we've donated, our real focus is around the fact that we've provided over 2,800 clinical trials for cancer patients or that we've provided over 15,000 forever homes for, um, for shelter animals and funded over 1.1 million meals for children 
and um, you know, 9,000 people uh, have been provided clean drinking waters from, from our clean drinking water projects um, throughout uh, the rest of the world. Those are all the important statistics that we want to educate our, our consumer and our supporters on is how their purchase is impacting a person's life rather than, um, you know, a dollar figure and a percentage. But as a, as a business, um, over the past years, we, we have always had a pretty significant commitment around um, our model for donating um, because uh, wine brands in the early stages aren't significantly profitable even though our commitment was to donate over half our profits, we were always donating, you know, more than that because we weren't making a profit. So we, from the beginning, we've really built it into our cost of goods and our cost of business and just into our overall business model in general. So now, no matter um, how the business does and how it grows over the years, we want people to know that for every case of our sparkling wine, we're committed to donating 25 meals. And, and that's the most, easy to understand statement and it's the most transparent one and that's what we want to provide to our our customers and supporters yeah you know you made reference to ronnie lott who was actually my first guest on this podcast in the last couple of weeks i've been spending time with him obviously in the thick of things here at the pac-12 network with regard to football and he's one of the icons that have played in the industry and i know ronnie does so much chatterable uh you know things with with helping kids and um you know you made reference to the clinical trials where for cancer patients the meals for children the, the drinking water as well you said you want to put a dollar figure on it but i think people understand that's not cheap. I mean, it is millions, plural, uh, of money that's going to help out a lot of these causes, which leads me to my next question. How do you pick out what cause you guys want to go and support? Yeah, it's a great question. And by the way, just to note the fact that you've had uh, Heisman Trophy winner Matt Leiner and, uh, you know, one of the best players of all time, Ronnie Lott, on to uh, represent the USC football program, and then you brought in a, a backup middle linebacker from uh, <laughs> one of our one of our worser eras of Cal football to represent Cal football. Just to neutralize me, you're going to have to get like Aaron Rodgers or Marshawn Lynch or one of the one of the uh, best of all time out of the out of the school we, and in the league to I, make up I, for me. I, I, <laughs> I, look, Jake, let's not underplay because you are a titan when it comes to business. And look, if you if you want to help facilitate Aaron Rodgers on the show, I am not going to say no to a, a guy of his caliber. So if he wants to promote the wines, I'd be more than happy to have him on the show. But but you're right. They, look, the Pac-12 ties, this is what we're learning here, Jake. The Pac-12 ties are, are thick, not only on the sports world, but on the business side as well. Yep, definitely. Um, I'll uh, I'll pull us back over to what your question was. Is uh, you know around our standard? I just wanted to make sure I plug my my Cal Bears real quickly. And, Go Bears! Uh, Sunny Dykes it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I it'd be fun to get Aaron on here. So we'll see if uh, if we can make that happen. Um, the uh, uh, the standard around our charitable giving is actually one of the really important pieces of intellectual property, if you will, that we built out. Um, so we have a 15-point uh, um, standard that um, every nonprofit goes through. It's kind of a vetting process, and we've had thousands of nonprofits apply to be up on our platform. Um, and it really ranges from, are they a 501c3? Um, how many cents on the dollar are making it to the actual program? Um, have they been in business for three years? Because 90% of nonprofits actually fold in the first few years. And so... Um, those are all kind of um, basic standards, and then it goes all the way to like our most unique, which is 
how many cents on the uh, or or what is the dollar to impact ratio? So um, how much uh, does a hundred dollars do for this organization? And we want nonprofits where we can quantify that. We can quantify that you know x amount of dollars funds a clinical trial, uh, x amount of dollars helps provide a forever home for a shelter animal. Um, when we can do that, we know that it kind of works with um, with a consumer product and a, con a consumer service where um, people really want to be able to connect and understand what their purchase is doing and more than just a, uh, a general line of a percentage of proceeds from this purchase is going here. We've realized that consumers want more than that. They want to be more connected to the end impact. And so our 15-point standard is built around finding nonprofits that not only hit really great standards and run efficiently, but also can um, have that extra layer. And because of that, you know, we've had lots of businesses who have come to us and said, hey, we want to we wanna give back as well. We want to include this in our everyday business model. Can you help us? And so that whole um, piece of, of education and that whole platform is held under something we call Honeycomb. And Honeycomb has over 30 businesses that um, are currently partners in it. Um, and One Hope is the, the largest partner so far, um, but there are more uh, joining kind of every week. And um, Honeycomb is about building this hive of businesses, and the businesses are the bees. And then we also have uh, a big field of flowers, and so we have over 500 nonprofits that have made it through our bedding, um, our, our specific bedding standard. And um, we want, you know, the bees to pollinate those flowers. And, and we loved that metaphor, the uh, kind of that sustainable circle of life of bees pollinating flowers and creating honey. And the honey is the social impact that's made when the bees and flowers come together um, and, and the pollination occurs. And um, so we talk about honeycomb as making the world a sweeter place. And um, we've, we've got over 30 businesses in it, and they're – um, over 500 nonprofits, and over time, I think there will be more and more businesses that are wanting to participate in this. And you really start to create this community, and you create network effects where the next business who comes on board gets to tap the infrastructure that the pre all the rest of the businesses have built together, and um, really create a, a, a co-op around making an impact and being a cost-centric business. So. Um, that's a probably a little more of a thorough answer than you were anticipating, but it's a really big part of our our future vision um, with One Hope and where we want to take this, which is beyond just what our company is able to do, and more so being a supporter and a platform for this movement of cost centric commerce. Yeah, you know, it, you just mentioned sort of that next step for One Hope Wine, and I'm curious because I get people, visitors, family, friends, they're coming out to the West Coast, they're coming out to the Bay Area, and everyone that I'm friends with sort of knows that I love wine country. I head up there probably at least once a month, maybe maybe more when it's not football season, and they're always asking for recommendations and suggestions, and I know you guys are actually, this is mind-boggling. We, we months ago and you were telling me about you know the the winery that you guys are actually building it's still in the process of being built so I can't wait to tell people to head to where you guys are going to be in Napa but what's what's this process like as you try to to set up shop and and, and create a home for what you guys do um, it's been pretty amazing um, I'm actually sitting out on the vineyard right now doing the call with you and uh, um, I am looking at our the estate that we're building on there which is um, you know a big home uh, eight master suites in it um, for, you know, big a big family uh, that is around the One Hope brand. 
and we, um, you know, big chef's kitchen and, and communal areas and pool and um, really doing it right. And it sits amongst this beautiful vineyard um, that's right on St. Helena Highway, the main highway uh, drag, um, right after you pass Robert Mondavi and Opus One. Um, it's kind of the next, uh, it's going to be the next winery property on your left. Um, it's about a half a mile down from Robert Mondavi as you're heading Which is north beautiful on St. Helena Highway. Um, we're right across from our, our neighbors, the uh, Cake Bread Winery, um, right next door to Tokalon Vineyard. So really sitting amongst the mecca of the, of the Napa Valley wine uh, industry and really the wine industry in general in the U.S., which, as you noted, is, is actually a massive market, over $40 billion industry. And um, we are in um, the, the AVA of Napa, uh, referred to as Rutherford, um, which, you know, is, is well known because of, uh, brands like Canis and Cake Bread and, and groups like that who have created some of the greatest wines. And um, we're west of Highway 29, which is kind of uh, even more discussed as having the best soils in the whole valley and stuff. So um, we are we are building the house right now. Um, we've been going through the permitting phases of the winery. We have our winery permit. Um, we're uh, looking forward to breaking ground um, there as well. And uh, really... Uh, targeting completion of the home um, by uh, Q3 of next year and then opening of the winery in Q1 of 2018, um, which seems like a long ways away, but um, we're actually more than halfway through the project. So this has been two years in the making so far, and we're another year and a half away from completing it. Um, in the meantime, one of the really cool things that we're doing um, at One Hope and probably becoming one of the biggest stories is trying to democratize that Napa Valley wine tasting experience. So if you're one of the many, many uh, people who can't make it out to Napa very often because you don't live in Northern California and or you just don't have the budget to spend, you know, a thousand bucks plus to come out and do the full wine tasting experience and, and uh, stay at a, a expensive hotel and all of those things, then um, we've created this uh, community that we refer to as Bio One Hope. And the idea is to be able to uh, experience the Napa Valley via One Hope, um, but not necessarily in Napa, but via your your uh, at-home party, via your business, um, via your wedding, any type of charity events, etc. And so we have this huge community, almost a 1,000 now, uh, people that we refer to as cause entrepreneurs. So they're cause entrepreneurs via One Hope, and um, we call them CEOs, um, which is their acronym for cause entrepreneur via One Hope. And um, basically educate all these people on how to hold uh, a wine tasting event, how to talk about wines, how to educate people on them. And, uh, and they learn our whole portfolio of wines, which range from, you know, about 15 selections that are under $20 to our highest end wines that are over $100 and, and just mega wines. And um, we're having events all across the nation. You know, we've had thousands of events this year through that community. And they're spreading the story about One Hope. They're helping to raise money uh, for their local causes of choice. And, um, and they're bringing the Napa Valley wine experience into the comfort of people's homes. And it's a really, really cool phenomenon. And it's become kind of the biggest story uh, for One Hope. And, and really one of the biggest differentiators for us is that we have um, this big army of cause entrepreneurs who are um, 
having people host events and raising money for their breast cancer walk or their kids' school. And, um, and it's, it's been really cool to watch that grow as well. An, an insane story. Uh, Jake, really, I can't thank you enough for, for spending some time with us. You, obviously, the, the mission of what you guys do, and you mentioned uh, some of the programs and, and uh, some of the charities that, that are really just benefiting from what you guys are doing. More information, onehopewine.com. Jake, I can't wait. I, I hope I get an invite to the uh, to the party here. I mean, I, I, I'm ready to 118. I'm ready for it. Let's Let's get it going. Yammer, you are on the list, man, and uh, you will definitely get an invite when we uh, when we do this first opening party. And I'm sure John will invite you too because he's a partner in the vineyard as well. So his his brand will be featured here in the winery. So between the two of us, we'll make sure that we extend you an invite on behalf of uh, One Hope Wine and Seven Cellars. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing uh, some of your upcoming acts and uh, hopefully a couple of guys. Um, who are affiliated with our brand will uh, will jump on the line with you as well and uh, and tell you about their story. Yeah, we'll we'll get them on the show for sure. I, I have a feeling, Jake, I might have to rely on you for that invite. And, and John Elway might be slightly busy. Maybe he's already forgotten uh, a couple of the interactions that we've had. So I'm I'm picking on you for that. But uh, but in all seriousness, an absolute fantastic cause. It's great wine. I actually had it at the event um, when when I met Jake. It's OneHopeWine.com. Uh, if you're a giver and you want to you know help out a lot of these great causes when it comes to kids, when it comes to to cancer treatment, not to mention uh, shelters for, for pets as well. Uh, Jake, once again, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck to you guys over the next few months and obviously the next few years. Thanks a lot, pal. Have a great one. I really appreciate Jake stopping by with us. And I know I mentioned this off the top of the show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys are enjoying these shows. And remember, they're all evergreen. You can check in on any of the, the shows from the past. And I know Jake made reference to, to Matt Liner and Ronnie Lott. Well, Jake Plummer was also a guest a couple weeks ago. And obviously basketball season. So the last few weeks have been fluttered with some basketball guests. But it's been a ton of fun to do these shows. The numbers continue to climb. And I can't thank you guys enough for sharing it with your friends. Continue to do so. You can rate, subscribe, and review the podcast on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, wherever you're finding the episodes. Make sure you subscribe and continue to share it. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.